Welcome back to the Mandate Podcast, a podcast where we encourage people towards deeper relationship through meaningful conversation. A podcast where you'll get to know people from the 605. Here's our latest episode. To another episode of the Mandate Podcast. My name is Ben. I am here as always with my main man, Ryan. Pros and cons, cons. What's up, dude? Mr. Ben Krush, uh, it's good to be back. Yep. I feel like we're shaking the rust off a little bit on so many levels and learning new things today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, um, is it Krush? It's Krush, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, John, everyone, <laughs> especially like in the world that I, that I work in, I get crushed all the time. It's just easier. It's cool. It's just easier. It's a great baseball name. Yeah. It's a great baseball name. So I just roll with it. Now, once we have like what I would call like a intimate experience together, whether that's drinking a beer or having our families together or whatever it may be, then it's like, yeah, it's actually pronounced Krush, but <laughs> so now a, you're is in. Is there a point where you're too far though? That you can... There totally is. Yeah. There totally is. And it's like, nope, crush, you nailed it. <laughs> and then what will happen, it's happened to me a couple of times where I'll be like in a like a group setting a and, and someone said Krush and I'm like, I thought I've known you for like three years. That was my experience. It was like three years, almost perfect. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was crushed this entire time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's okay by me. And I was correcting the person too. I was like, it's sure. crush. It's cr- I mean, yeah. look at it. And it like, is crush. And Ben's like, actually it is Krush. It's Krush. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yep. then we just flip that to crucial conversations with Mr. Ben Krush. That's go. right. I like that. That's yeah, right. Slick. I like that. So John is, has already jumped in uh, oh, and so no it's good so um we are absolutely honored to have the john t meyer with us um john i'm gonna let him kind of go through his resume people in sioux falls know him um he's he's well uh known around our city uh for a couple initiatives he's got some new exciting stuff that he's he's gonna be tackling uh and we're gonna you know we're gonna give you like what we always give you mandates we're, we're gonna talk about kind of the stuff that doesn't hit the front page of the Argus Leader, uh, the stuff that that's not necessarily spoken about. This this podcast is all about meaningful conversations, talking about vulnerabilities, and getting deep. So that's what we're going to do with John. We're honored, John, that you're cool. here. So that's thanks it. for joining the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. What, what happens there? Do you hear that? Yeah, who is that? Oh, it's your computer. Yeah. You got to go to, uh, like, non, uh, do not disturb mode. I thought we were an airplane. That's before. my mother-in-law. <laughs> I wonder if this can we stream her live. Though. Can we just bring her in? <laughs> yeah, that would be Actually, sweet. Bonnie, what do you have to say? <laughs> so I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the listeners can hear it because I listened to a couple podcasts. Where Bonnie, you're on the mandate. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling in. What do you have to say? First time, long time. <laughs> First time. <laughs> Dan Patrick, uh, five nine, buck eighty. Uh, well, that's also never happened. The nice thing is we don't edit, so this is going to be all part of the yep. part of the show. So, so sure. thanks, Bonnie. You just made an uh, uh, <laughs> interruption of the Mandate podcast, so you're in. And we've talked about her before. All just right, give, so, just my pet peeve as a pot, just give the timestamp of like when the conversation actually starts. <laughs> Serious. Uh, we're to about jump into the show, start at <laughs> six minutes. <laughs> right. At, yeah, you're right. In the show notes. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. So John's an accomplished podcaster. Um, he's got a national audience, uh, and we've talked about it, and John might get into it here. 
Um, but let's just get back to John. We're, we're excited you're here. Um, and it's just an honor to have you on the yeah, Mandate thanks Podcast. For having me. Congrats to you guys. Uh, 60 plus episodes. Yeah. That's a grind. Yeah. It's a grind. Congrats. <coughs> Podcasting yeah. is hard. It's really hard. It's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done to try to grow. Yeah. So it's, it's been, I mean, we have loyal people. <clears throat> the thing that we've noticed, uh, and, and you guys are going to see it now. I mean, we're, we're into video now. That was the main thing that people well, wanted okay. to hear is they wanted to see our faces. They wanted to see the, the, the podcast guest faces sure. because sometimes we get into pretty emotional conversations and there's just a quiet hmm. uh, and people mostly understand what's going on, but they're like, I want to feel that emotion yeah. with you. And a lot of us are you know, visual learners. So, well, certainly the beauty of podcasts, I think the, the audio medium is so raw and, and vulnerable. And so you're right. Video just adds another element to that, but you know, yeah, I've listened to podcasts where you almost get emotional listening to somebody. Yeah. You can, you can hear it in the voice just change. Yeah. Yep. So um, we're going to start off. Um, John, you owned a company called Lemonly. Mm -hmm. um, wildly popular, especially in and around South Dakota. Um, kind of walk us through what Lemonly did, and then we'll kind of get into what happened. Yeah. So my uh, business partner, Amy, and I started Lemonly in 2011. RC, um, Rapid City. Yeah. Yeah, she, um, Thomas Moore. Yep. Um, so we, Lemonly was a little bit of an accident. It came out of this other company my brother and I had started called Nine Clouds. And we started in 2009. I moved back to South Dakota. We got a $15,000 grant through the state of South Dakota as an economic development grant. Um, so I'm always a big proponent in uh, 15 grand can go a long way. Like I created two companies, 40 employees, 40 people. I mean, it takes time versus like, let's get Amazon to move to Sioux Falls. But uh, I think that type of economic development is super powerful, right? Because 15 grand when I was 23 years old seemed like a lot of money. Right. And I quit my job in Minneapolis. I moved home. And But Scott and I did, like, we, we did well at kind of penetrating the Sioux Falls market as far as being known. We were these brothers coming to teach about social media to couch that. This is like 2009. So we were like, hey, you can start a Facebook business page. And there's this new thing called Twitter. And you should create content on YouTube. It's the number two search engine. Uh, and people are like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's cute. What's a Twitter? You know, um, which people laugh now. You can't even wrap their, you know, our world has changed in 13 years right. uh, just around that, that, that kind of social change of social media. Um, and we also weren't very good at business. So, you know, the Ram Pub, it's a, a bar downtown Brookings, my hometown. We would charge them 200 bucks a month. We would drive every week to Brookings on a Thursday We'd go down to the bar, usually take a picture of like the drink of the week, be a margarita, Bloody Mary, and we'd put it on Facebook for them. Because back then people didn't know how to do that, right? And like we didn't even have the iPhone then. Yeah, I guess it'd just come out, but um, it was only on AT&T, which wasn't in South Dakota. That's right. Um, now I'm going to sound really old, but um, so we would like get a, they'd give us a free beer. We'd post this margarita on Facebook. We'd stop at my parents and get a free dinner and then head home. Like we were losing money just on the gas, right? Like we didn't factor in our, the value of our time. We didn't factor in like if this was a good business offering. And then quickly we realized that. And so we go to SDSU and we said, who are your best like advertising students? Amy was a major, a double major in graphic design and advertising. Um, and she, I remember when we interviewed her, she was like, well, kind of design major, but I know how to use Facebook. And we're like, you're hired. <laughs> like, maybe you can also make a little table tent that we'll put up at the bar. And so I think about, I tell that story and because if, if that doesn't happen, like Lemonly doesn't exist, you know, just meeting Amy, like I, I ran a design company for a decade. I don't know how to use Photoshop. 
you know, and I went through my own sort of like imposter syndrome around that. But um, yeah, these little moments, these little micro moments in our life that can shift our life completely meeting Amy. And so at Nine Clouds, we were kind of this fledgling thing. We would do what anybody would pay us to do, honestly. Like if it involved the internet and it was legal, like we'll do it for you. (laughs) Uh, And so the business model was bad. What we charged was inconsistent. What we were known for was just these brothers who do social media. And so we started kind of tinkering with infographics about 2010, 2011. And we said, let's just give it a name and kind of set it over here underneath the company. Uh, And that became Lemonly. And really quickly, we could just see the traction in terms of it was clear what we did, who we were offering our service to. And we said, let's just be best in the world at one thing. And that takes time. But like it was the Argus Leader for 300 bucks. And then it was like a startup for, you know, 500 bucks and then a thousand and then Marriott called and it just kind of kept going. So long story short to your question, um, built this design agency for 10 years. We grew to about 20 employees. Um, We worked with Marriott, Netflix, and Major League Baseball, United Nations, Google, uh, Samsung, Snapchat. Um, So all sorts of brands telling their story in a visual way. And the main main, um, premise of that is the world's a confusing place, and it needs to be more simple. And people don't really like to read. People are visual creatures, right? We, we are wired to be. It's why you remember people's faces and not their names, yep. right? Like we walked in and you're like, hey, we've met before. And I felt like a, like a jerk because I don't remember. But I remember your face, right? And I don't remember where we met. But um, that's just, that's our, like, our brain and that's how it works. So that was the premise of Lemonly. Um, yeah, did that for 10 years. About four or five years into it, we started talking a lot about our company culture, um, I think that was partly motivated. This town in Sioux Falls, I think, has a way of really making you feel uh, like you got to pour into the community and, and be involved. And we were a little bit backwards where none of our clients were in South Dakota. We did 1%, 2% of our business in South Dakota. And so I wanted to like make Lemonly's presence in the community. And I thought we were doing something unique with our culture. So we just started talking about it. And I wrote blogs about it. We created some video content. And I was like, what if some other companies maybe just steal our policies or copy or take inspiration? What, what might happen? Um, so that's what, that's how that started. And I always would joke that people would say, Hey, I work at Lemonly. And then they would say, Oh, I've heard of you guys. What, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, yeah. And that to me was a success. Like they heard about us, not for what we did, but just how we were a company. Um, yeah. And so we did that for about 10 years and then fast forward, we sold it in 2021. Yep. Uh, I did a one year earnout in 2022 or I guess 2021 that ended in 2022, part of the deal just to smooth the transition. Uh, and then in January of last year, stepped away from the company. So. Wow. Wow. And so th- that transition um, happened to another kind of giant in our community, hmm. uh, Click Rain. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they are, they're very well known around here um, and do some wonderful work. Uh, the owners over there, we know personally, uh, our mayor used to be a part of that yeah. uh, gig. And so they're, they're very well known. Um, yeah, the origins, when, we, when Scott and I started Nine Clouds, we were at 8th and Railroad downtown. Uh, we were about three doors down from Paul, who had started clickering about maybe one year before, nine months or something like that. Yeah. So we were these little baby little digital companies in the same office. And yeah, so it's it's funny the way, you know, I, we would do tweet ups back then. I don't know if you remember, that was a concept of you would just find the people on Twitter and you'd say, we're going to meet at this bar. And, and you knew everybody just by the picture of their little avatar. Yep. And there's like 30 of us who'd show up who yeah. were on Twitter back then. Yeah. And so how did that conversation kind of manifest uh, in terms of, I think this would be a good partnership sure. and, and like, what were you going through? Cause I guess if, if I'm a business owner, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty, 
pretty proud probably my ego probably gets in the way sure. of that decision so as that conversation is manifesting after you explain that kind of man talk about the vulnerability of letting go of this child sure sure um Manifest is the right word. So in October of 19, I uh, was flying to a conference in San Diego, and I read this book by my friend Brent B. Short. It's called The Messy Marketplace, and it talks about like seven ways, seven reasons why you might want to sell a business. It could be health, family, money. And one of them was like you wanted to wake up and think about something else. And I remember reading, it's just a small book. I read it on the whole flight, and I was like, oh, that sounds like me. You know, I just kind of felt something deep in my gut that was like, I kind of want to think about something else. Um, nothing was wrong with the business. We grew during COVID. The team is amazing. I can I really miss them, but I just was ready to, at 35 at the time, I just wanted to think about something else. Um, so I entered 2020 and I kind of do believe you can manifest things in the world when you speak them into existence. Right? No question. One, one of my favorite quotes is that your tongue is the rudder that steers your life. You know, and so the, when you say things, it talks to your brain, to your tongue and, and you can manifest them. And so I'm a pretty transparent, open person. I'll have a coffee and I'll, I'll share most of you know, everything that I can usually legally share. Um, and so I got our email in January from Eric Ellison from ClickGreen. that was like, hey, we should grab coffee. And I still have never asked him if that was what he was looking for, exactly why he wanted the coffee. I remember asking Emily, my assistant, like, hey, what's this meeting about? Because there was nothing in the notes. And the last time I had met with Eric was, I think he had asked us to give a gift to, to the Levitt um, for a fundraising deal. And so I was like, why are we meeting? And she's like, I don't know, he didn't say. And in that meeting, he kind of asked me, what's the future of Lemonly look like? And I said, you know, I, I think I might, thinking about selling it someday, um, just ready for a new adventure. And so that actually was how it started. It was just a random comment. Then in February, like Natalie and, and Eric and Amy and I sat down and just kind of sat around the table and talked about what that could look like. Well, then in March, COVID happened. And so I thought the whole thing was probably done. Um, because on March 1st, we had three potential buyers and we were doing the whole thing that you should do as a business owner to sell a company and, you know, have some conversations, create some leverage and, uh, and then yeah, COVID happened. So, but about August of that summer, they had posted a job for some, I think a designer and we were looking for a designer. And so we started to think maybe this is still has some legs and we came back to the table and, and started that process. So, wow. yeah. So what's going through your head? So now, now let's transition over to this idea of actually doing it, mm -hmm. right? So you have, yeah. you read this book and, and you feel motivated to do this. You feel like it's the right deal. You're ready to transition. However, you and Amy grew this mm -hmm. from the bottom up. And so there, I would view it as a, like just another extension of myself, such yeah. as a child. Yeah. Uh, and so what were the emotions that you were going through when it was actually like, I have to go sign this piece of paper. And, and I know at the end of this, like I'm going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll say for any entrepreneurs listening is um, there's, I, I felt this pressure, not pressure, but like there's this expectation as an entrepreneur that the finish line is selling your company and that to be successful, you have to sell your company. And I can say right away, even though I did that, that's not true, right? Like I think the stories of businesses that are 25, 30, 40 years old, two, three generations are amazing stories and they don't get talked about enough versus the college dropout, you know, on Forbes magazine, who's got a two-year-old tech startup. Um, so that, that misnomer should not, you know, like dispel that. But um, that being said, I still felt like I had more chapters to write in my story. And I never thought of Lemonly as something I would give to my seven-year-old Margot or, you know, sure. like, it just felt like it had its time and in, in place. And 
what's so special about it is we all not everybody, but a lot of there's a kind of a core of us that grew up with the company. We were all these twenty something single people building this company together. We were underpaid, we were overworked, and it just, you know, we literally kind of watched each other grow up. Like I remember when Ashton pulled me aside and said, What's our maternity policy? And I said, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Because <laughs> I had to go Google maternity policy. I didn't yep. know what those looked like. And I called my dad, who's a orthodontist up in Brookings. And, you know, like all these things happened because our lives happened, right? People got married, people had children, people got mortgages. And, you know, we just grew up together, which was really cool. Um, and you're right, it becomes a part of you. Our door on Main Avenue is yellow, right? We have mm-hmm. a yellow door. It's like I always talk about always be branding, right? And we were, Lemonly was me and I was Lemonly and the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> but actually, like leading up to like signing the paper, I think it was just, I would say the emotions didn't actually kind of hit until later. We were so focused on don't screw it up, don't screw up the deal, right? Like keep, make sure you know what you're saying and keep your leverage and like negotiate the terms. And we of course had people working with us and I'm sure they had people working with them. And, um, and then afterward, I remember being like, whoa, like this is, now it's real, right? We signed it. And about 10 days later, I had to tell the team and that was probably the most emotional day in my 11 years at Lemonly. Yeah. Well, we should probably take our first break. Let's take a break. We are proud to have our first sponsor on the Mandate Podcast, Origin Health. What is Origin Health? I feel like Origin and I am called to just to love the patient as they are in that moment, in that season of life, and we help them in whatever way we can. What kind of treatments can you get when you step into Origin Health? So I provide the chiropractic care in our office, so making joints move better so the muscles don't have to work so hard so that you can move through your life the way you see fit. Uh, My partner in Origin Strength, Rory and Kelly Witt, they assist people with nutrition and weight loss and performance nutrition, depending on the patient's goals, helping them gain muscle, lose fat, feel better, recover quicker, thrive through life. We have also partnered with Dr. Jessica Dale of Rerooted Wellness to provide acupuncture and other needling services. And lastly, my beautiful bride, Kelsey Moen, is going to be providing soft wave ultrasound therapy to our patients who are struggling with chronic joint issues, acute joint issues that don't seem to be going away. Last question. Why are you choosing to partner with Mandate Podcast? I am an avid Mandatee and appreciate that Ben and Ryan are just trying to help people. That is the at the heart. That is what Origin Health exists to do. Help people. You can find Origin Health here in Sioux Falls. Their phone number is 605-799-2440. Or find them online at originhealthsf.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Um, John, one thing when you talk about that you are Lemonly, Lemonly is you, and you have the yellow door. And mm-hmm. I, One thing, one, where, one place I want to go with this is uh, your identity was very much in Lemonly, mm. and how do you how did you unpack that, and how uh, what were the struggles with that? Yeah, uh, I think it was sort of like an onion that kept kind of folding out the longer I went through the process. Um, I think part of it, why it worked, was because I cared so much, right? Mm. And I always tell entrepreneurs like, if your employees care half as much as you do, then you're doing something right, you That's know, good. because. Yeah, that's good. Like they don't own the thing. They're here. They they might love it, but they're also here for a paycheck, right? right and that's right. why culturally we always talked about Lemonly being a team and not a family. 
I just always felt like you guys have families and you go back home to your families. Right. I'm not asking you to, I just think culture can get a little dangerous when you're starting to like say, we're just all a family and you know, we're all yeah. here for, well, yeah, but you, the CEO own the company and you're the one who profits financially and you know, it just gets messy, I think. Um, but the truth is I had probably, a, a, there was most of the employees probably cared more than half as much. Like they did care yeah. a lot. And so we hit some magic there that sometimes I get a little sad cause I don't know if we'll ever be able to do that again. Sure. Cause it was, it was a combination of kind of fledgling startup with the point at which we all were in our life. Um, because now people have, you know, more responsibility and they have other deeper connections in their family. And, um, so I think that's why it worked because we cared that much. And a lot of what was informed Lemonly's culture came from, I started my career in, at Accenture, which is a big consulting company up in Minneapolis. And, uh, I just felt like a kind of a cog in the wheel right there and call me a millennial, right? I wanted to make a difference and felt like I had an impact. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. um, <clears throat> I just, I was like, if I don't show up for work tomorrow, will anybody notice? You know, just there's 6,000 people that would go to the Best Buy headquarters every day and um, 4,000 were Best Buy and 2,000 were Accenture. Just the color of our badge was the only difference. And um, so I think a lot of that was like, I wanted to build a place that you didn't care if it was Monday or Friday when you were going to work. You didn't wake up and say, ah, oh, crap, it's Monday. That's good. Or That's like, good. thank God it's Friday, right? It was just another day of work. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, you kind of think every day is work right like it starts to it doesn't feel like work anymore that's when you're in the good spot um so yeah you're right i think what i didn't realize and my friend bill anderson put this best to me we had coffee early in 2022 when i was kind of struggling with the transition he said you know what i because he knew the company he did come and done a workshop with us once and he was a client and he said uh, i think you don't realize how much lemonly needed you and you needed lemonly right like lemonly needed me to be a great leader and I was a great leader because Lemonly needed me, right? And so it was all of a sudden I was this leader guy who didn't have a team to lead in January. Um, and although I, I signed up for that, I chose that. It just was like, what do I do now? Like, where do I go to work? Uh, I wake up, who do I go talk to? Um, and that part was hard. I think you, you don't recognize sort of the, the things that hold our feet to the fire in life, right? The things that make us accountable. Um, I always tell people, like, don't have coffee with me if you're considering a, being an entrepreneur. Like, if you're on the fence, should I quit my job? Don't have coffee with me because I will convince you to do it, right? right. Like, yep. Yep. being an entrepreneur, I believe, is the greatest, like, kind of uh, challenge and opportunity in a life. And it's not because of financial outcomes. It's because of the, the, the feeling of building something from the ground up to, to see your work and impact and make a difference. And guess what? It can also be very financially lucrative. And so, but I, what I realized in 2022, it was like, that didn't motivate me at all. Like the money was in the bank, but it just didn't, it wasn't what I needed something to get up every day and, and, and pull me forward. Yeah. So. so John, as we sit here, you're a year out from, yeah. from being, we'll call it unemployed, but yeah, what's gotten out of you, gotten you out of bed? I mean, you're out, got out of bed today, but obviously <laughs> the, the mandate, podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mandate, I need to do this every day. Um, yeah, so I told my wife, Paige, I said, give me six months uh, and I'll find something to do. And about six weeks later, I started a company last year called No Fun Team, which yeah. was in this NFT Web3 space. Part of that, I will say, probably maybe that was part of the issue. I mean, the issue was the whole, uh, the oxygen got sucked out of the room in crypto because of a lot of bad players, unfortunately. Right. Yep. I still am very intrigued. You know, as an entrepreneur, you always think your ideas are perfect. It was just too early or too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was never the idea's fault. Um, but uh, ideas are cheap, right? It's all about execution. So I think the market sort of just fell apart 
but I kind of fell into that market because of money. I was making money, like buying and selling NFTs almost accidentally. Um, and so that was interesting. And you kind of feel like you should keep pulling that thread when you're having success. But I kind of started to learn last year that it wasn't maybe where my skill set best fit to use a baseball analogy. Like crypto people will say, we're so early, like we're in the first inning or we're so early. We haven't even thrown out the first pitch yet. The, the, you know, they're still singing the national anthem. Well, I think crypto and blockchain is still fascinating if you are a builder, a tinkerer, a developer, um, you know, those skill sets. I am a storyteller, a marketer, a team builder. And so I kind of think my skills come in the third or fourth, fifth inning. Sure. And so I think ultimately I realized this isn't maybe the best place for me to use my time, talent, and treasure. Um, and so that kind of fizzled away. And thank, thankfully, in August of last year, uh, a, new, a friend of mine up in North Dakota said, have you ever thought about being a coach? Um, I'm growing this agency and it's growing fast and I kind of need a coach. And I took a couple days. I said, I've had a CEO coach, but I never have been one. And I thought, yeah, I could do this. Like I can model a lot of what I learned myself. Uh, and I started that last fall. And so now today I have six agency founders that I coach and they're all kind of growing to their first million in revenue and, you know, helping them scale their team, build systems and processes, accelerate sales. And so that's gotten me, and it scratches a few itches. It lets me kind of feel like I'm a part of their team for the 90 minute phone call um, and gets me out of bed to like to help and make a difference. Mm -hmm. So I think being like taking the title of coach took me a while to accept. Um, because I wanted to be an entrepreneur, not a coach. Yeah. But. John, I want to reverse a little bit because I, I do have a, a vein I want to explore on what you just said, but I want to, I want to go back to um, what did that transition look like in your family? Mm. I mean, because you're, and essentially the, your team members, yeah. um, families are affected. Um, change is, is always traumatic. Like it just is what it is. We can call change traumatic, yeah. even if it's, just moving across the city, mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it's all trauma-based and we don't have to put this gregarian emotion on it. But what did that look like? Obviously, you can't talk for your team, your team members, but you can talk for yourself. What were the conversations between you and Paige? And, and I'm sure like your, your kids were asking questions like, why are you around more? And <laughs> <laughs> like what, what did that look like internally? Yeah. Well, they, they uh, you know, we, we're kind of downtown snobs and we'll come down to Haskett's for brunch on the weekend or go to Queen City. And so you, you come down Phillips from where we live and they see the Midco building there, which is actually just like storage downtown. But they're like, Midco, that's where mommy works. And then, you know, on, on Main Avenue, they know whenever they see a lemon, they think lemonly. Yeah. So I kind of felt bad for a while that I, this idea, like I didn't know how to describe to my daughters what I do anymore. <laughs> like it's already like to go to first grade class on and be the entrepreneur is already a little messy. You know, it'd be easier to be the fireman or the teacher or the banker. Um, but uh, yeah, they didn't, they were bummed about it, especially the, the physical space when, when the physical space left uh, and they moved to the new spot. That was, that was, you know, sort of a symbol of Lemonly. Um, but for Paige and I, it was, a ch 2022 was more challenging on our, on, in our life and our marriage. And, and it just, it was, a, it was like a, what did you get done today? You know, we're, we're big about contribution in our family, which could be to your team, to your family, to your community, you know, volunteering, participating, just be like getting up and, and making a difference in the world. Um, and I, and I sometimes felt like, you know, what did, what did I get done today? At the, you know, at four o'clock, five o'clock when she gets home, it's like, well, I did go for a run and I scrolled Twitter for a while and I did some email. It just, it went really fast, right? Like it was, it was just clunky. It would be like the word I would say. It just, 
you realize how much a creature of habit we are. And so I think we both were like, oh, this will be great. It'll be, I'll get all these things done. Like I'm going to clean the garage and I'm going to, you know, organize my life and all these things that I like newsflash, guess what? I didn't get them done last year. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was just a weird time. Um, and I'm a big believer, like I read this book called Transitions. It's, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the author's name, but it's like a 40 year old book. It's sort of like the gold standard. It's kind of a self-help book, which I usually don't read those, but this one has kind of stood the test of time. And basically what he says, every change, every transition has a beginning and an end, it has to have both, but it also has to have a middle. And so you can't, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long, but to go from end to the next beginning, you have to go through this transition phase. And that's, I think, how I'll forever think about 2022. Yeah. So, John, you have some exciting things happening in your life now. Um, and I want you to walk through kind of how that conversation started. Sure. And why it intrigued you. Uh, because it, I feel like you can work your entrepreneurial spirit into it. But the product that's already built isn't necessarily broken. Correct. Yeah, um, and so there's a lot of things that you can likely the foundations there you can just build off of it so want to talk through why you decided to make that transition mm -hmm. uh, and how you're going to balance kind of your entrepreneurial love with kind of this infrastructure that's already built yeah i'm, a, I'm an executive director of a nonprofit now which <laughs> was not a title i thought i would ever have um so yeah i, got, I just got named the new executive director of leadership south dakota uh, which was founded and run by my good friend Rick Melmer and his wife Valerie. Um, I can definitely empathize with he's like you talked about the baby, right? And now I'm realizing I'm on the other side. Like I created something, sold it, and handed it off. He created something, retired, and handed it off. And I just really want to make sure that he knows that I'm gonna like take care of it mm -hmm. and 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 keep it in good hands, while also putting my own spin, right? Because I think I have some big shoes to fill, and and although everyone is replaceable, I just it's going to be my own version, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of my own twist. And so, yeah, I just got named that in January. Uh, right now I'm in kind of transition with Rick and, and Val and shadowing, and then he'll finish the class here in March, and I'll take over in April. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited. We had a beer in the fall, and uh, I knew that he was retiring, and I knew that there was going to be this search process. And I just had a few questions. I think one of you guys asked about uh, identity and these labels we put on ourselves are pretty powerful. They can be really helpful. And, and you know, I've, there's um, this concept of kind of like, you know, wearing the mask that you need to wear to be that person. Mm -hmm. And that can be very advantageous, but it can also be very, it can be a burden. Um, and so even except when I got offered the job, I sat there for a while and I told Paige, I was like, I don't know, I'm not a nonprofit executive. Like I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like this, this, I've created this identity. That's who I am. Like the, the community of Sioux Falls will be confused. The, like they'll, they'll be like, what is he doing? Why would he sell? Why would he go from a CEO to a nonprofit? You know, like, you know, all these things we tell ourselves, these yep. stories yep. that newsflash, nobody actually cares or <laughs> thinks about that because nope. we all, nobody cares. We all care about ourselves and our own, right. our own world. Yep. And so, um, but eventually I remember telling the board that I accepted the position and I was like, you know what? I think this will be good not only for me, but I think this can be good for South Dakota. And I think I can put a different twist and a different flavor. And so to your question, like, you know, we're probably going to modernize some of the operations. Mm -hmm. uh, and Rick would be the first to say that. I don't think he would take offense to that. Um, but also I want to sort of 
elevate maybe like the sights and the sounds and the flavors of South Dakota yeah. and music and, and, and restaurants and, you know, leadership South Dakota, I, I say is, um, it's education, it's, uh, experiences and its evolution so part of what you do is yeah i'll teach a leadership module or we'll read a book that's education but part of his experiences is going to the reservation and mission nice or like going to the ellsworth air force base or visiting a hutterite colony in rural south dakota yeah. these things that as a east like a east river kid i never had done any of those three things until i did the program um, so that's part of it but then the third part and probably the most part is this evolution where i want you to finish the program as a different person than when you started yeah and so we're all going to be on this journey together, and I'm not going to be up there as like the, the teacher on the podium telling you all the my life lessons. It's just I'm still on the journey with you. Good. Oh. Well, well, we'll take our second break. We'll be right back. This week's episode brought to you in part by Meadowland Financial Group, LLC. Reimagine your financial plan with Meadowland Financial Group. Their purpose is to focus on your finances so you can focus on life. You can find them online at MeadowlandFinancialGroup.com or call them at 605-371-2258. Quick pause. We appreciate you listening to this week's guest on the Mandate Podcast. To support the Mandate Podcast, please, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Also, like and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at MandatePod or shoot us an email at Mandate.Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. And we're back. Uh, so, John, talking about Leadership South Dakota, knowing your spirit, like you always are moving and shaking. Like, I know that's kind of a buzzword, but it, 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 it really is uh, probably appropriate for someone like you. What are some ideas that you want to either immediately implement at Leadership South Dakota or some exciting stuff that you're working on Sure. Um, just because you're John Meyer? <laughs> Jeez. Well, the first thing, I want to have like over 100 people apply to the program. So like, I want to have the most people who have ever applied uh, I think Rick, Rick is so, if you know Rick, he is such a compassionate person. He would individually call every person who didn't make it and, you know, probably almost like apologize. That's just who he is. Um, I I don't want to say that I'm not a compassionate person, but I want to elevate like the uh, brand of the program and it to be difficult to get in. And I think it already is, but like to push that even further. So I'm talking, it's fun to sit like at, at Lemon Lee, I, I'm probably like a, a, a salesperson at my core and I, I don't mind that word. I know some people don't like that word. It's good. But like, especially wrapped in storytelling and wrapped in, can I add value? If I can't give you anything, I don't have anything to sell you. Yeah. And so guess what? 99% of my relationships in Sioux Falls, I did, like those folks did not need an infographic, right? So like there was no yeah. business, like it was just like, we just talk shop and, um, but now in Leadership South Dakota, I kind of everybody I run into, I'm like, you should apply, right? And uh, my superpower, I think, is to get people to believe that they're capable of more than they thought they are. Yeah, that sounds a little clunky to say that, but um, I'm just a cheerleader, right? Yeah. And everybody needs a cheerleader. And my one sort of takeaway to the mandate often like uh, audience would be like, be somebody's cheerleader. First of all, be your own. Yeah. But then be somebody else's cheerleader, and that can happen in such small actions from a text message, a smile, like, hey, I you know, bought you a coffee, like, I believe in you, keep going. Um, 
And so I'm excited about that part is like everybody I run into, I want them to believe that they not only can be, but should be in this program Um, because it is a gift. And Rick and Val like just built this thing that you just come out of it as a different person. So I'm excited about that. Um, But yeah, probably in part of the way I accepted this new role and title was I knew that I could do a couple things. And Rick did several things too that, um, you know, he's coaching and teaching and doing workshops. And so my new kick is I want to build this... um, it's not a, really a new idea, but on Twitter, people will call it like a personal holding company. It's like an entity that has a few businesses underneath it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, as a guy who had a podcast, I was doing reels, like creating reels, and taking video like this and then cutting it up into reels because that's just how content is consumed in 2023. Um, so now I found an old person that I worked with at Lemonly. She's not old, but like an older employee. Right. Uh, and so Morgan is now CEO of a company called Duet, which we just launched last week. Um, my brother's an orthodontist and, and talked about this problem that they have in referring patients to other doctors. And so I'm working with a buddy in, in, in Lincoln, Matt, we're building a startup around like a SaaS company around that idea. And so my hope that after 15 years of being an entrepreneur, I know my weaknesses now. Now I can tell you right now, if I come back a year from now, the, if it doesn't work, the problem will be because I tried to do too many things. Um, but if it does work, I want to, I want to, put these little things together and build like a million dollar company with, with a couple different entities yeah. and bring in uh, the people that I love to work with and, and the people that, you know, are awesome at their strengths and connecting strengths. And um, so it's going to be this little portfolio of things. Uh, and I think leadership South Dakota is a part of that. I mean, now I have a, I have a mission, I have a board, I have all those commitments that we have to, you know, live up to. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's pretty special when you start to figure out maybe what you're, your gift to the world is and once you kind of recognize that how can you just kind of live in that space yeah um and i think they change too you grow but that's what i'm trying to kind of stay in that lane where i feel like i can help people the most well i appreciate you saying that and mandates you heard it we've talked about john's podcast multiple times we always give him credit we talk about superpowers we literally stole that from john i love it we borrowed it from john and he's the guy that started it so when we talk about superpowers Check out his podcast. It's almost in every single one of your podcasts. Uh, for yeah, sure, usually, at like the beginning. Yeah, usually try um, to ask that question every time. There's always a superpower. So that is John's superpower. That's what we talk about. And I pushed Ben to, uh, I haven't talked to you about this, Ryan, but to nobody's taken the claim of best podcast in South Dakota. Uh, like, there's not a clear, obvious answer. And maybe there never will be, but um, I feel like you guys should make a run for it or else I'm going to have to step in and try it. You heard it, Mandate. Mandatees, we are going to be the best podcast in South Dakota. We're going for it this year. We probably already like passed South Dakota, but <laughs> we should figure out who actually uh, is in charge of that and just go. Well, forward. I'm sure U.S. News. I think John and World Report. Let's have John be in charge of that. I think we talked about Argus incredible. Leader front page. I don't know what's, <laughs> what makes the front page anymore. Right. There is a front page, right? We're gonna have to be Argus politically Leader. divisive. That's fair. That's, That's the problem. Then we can get with content, okay. right? I'm too. I'm too. Yeah. Too middle. Same. Too. Too, too purple. Too purple. So on the vein of superpower, you feel I feel that one of your superpower is to create a great culture. And honestly, we could do a, an entire episode about culture and on this yeah. podcast. Uh, what? How do you make a great culture and make people want to show up on a Monday and want to be part of something? Sure. Um, certainly making them feel like they get to be an owner, uh, it goes a long way. But I honestly think most of what I believe about culture starts with treating each person as a unique individual. Um, and I think what's cool about being a small company is that is your advantage so you can use it versus Sanford, which has a huge HR department and rules and regulations. And 
you know, so one of the first things we ever did was when we made job offers, we asked people to rank what's most important to them. We'd say like salary, PTO, flexibility. Back then, location when we weren't all working remote. Like, right. do you want to work remote? Um, and we job title. You know, all these things that are important, they all matter. But what matters most to you, Ryan? And you'd rank them. And then guess what? Every year we'd let you like change your answers. And you could literally see when people's lives started to evolve. They were starting to think, oh, I need healthcare benefits and maybe starting a family. Uh, my husband's moving for this job and I still want to work at Lemonly. Can I be remote? Yeah, of course. We want, like, we want you. Um, so I think a lot of that was our early advantage was just being flexible and being nimble and um, willing to treat each person as an individual, which when you're 12 employees, yeah, why not? You can easily do that. And that, that's probably the sil- one of the silver linings of something like the pandemic and COVID is I think companies have had to adjust to that. Flexibility has gone from a nice to have to a must have, you know, and I actually think maybe Lemonly's value prop as a, as a unique culture probably gets a little diminished post COVID because other people have adopted that. What we lacked in maybe how much money we could just give you, we could give you flexibility and autonomy and, um, and then it's, I'd say the second thing then is we always started with the culture of ask for forgiveness instead of permission. And I think that's very entrepreneurial uh, in terms of, hey, you might not be a, a well-established veteran graphic designer in your career, but like your portfolio, you got some talent, you're coming out of college, I can tell you're going to be really good. Yeah, go do that Netflix project. Like go work with Marriott and don't be scared of it. Like make mistakes. Don't make them again the second time, but make them and, and go. And so we very much led with a, um, ask for forgiveness mentality. You know, when we started the company in 2011, this is pre-Zoom, pre-Slack, um, we did a lot of our calls with Skype because most of our clients weren't in South Dakota. And back then, like, bandwidth wasn't very good and people didn't like to be on camera. And so almost all of our calls were just, like, audio Skype calls. And I actually think that helped us build the company because we were, you know, Amy was, I was 25 and Amy was, like, 24 and we were, we, we looked like people who didn't know what to do. Like it, we probably were. Uh, so when we were talking with Disney, I remember it's like, good thing they don't actually see where we are and our lack of, like we did it in Amy's apartment. We took this call and we were like, yeah, Disney, we could totally do that. Like we could help you. We know what we're doing, <laughs> you know, and it was, the truth was we didn't. But um, so I sometimes think about that, how technology sort of, we were at the right time in terms of how tech worked. But those would be my kind of core philosophies. And I think, um, companies that can be, that can adapt and, and meet their people where they're at and, and let people, you know, we always talk, you always hear this thing about work-life balance, but let people just integrate their lives into the way that they want to. So they can go make the soccer game, but they also care about their job that they're going to get the thing done Sunday night if they need to, or, you know, they're going to get their work done and they want to be a good employee, but they also want to be a good dad or a good husband or a good brother. Um, let them be both. So I'm going to throw this out there, Ryan. You, I didn't prep you on this. Um, this is going to be a new segment. You, can you, you want to do a new segment, John? New segment, yeah. New, new segment, segment uh, brought to you by whoever wants to sponsor <laughs> this segment. Uh, so first come, first serve. Um, but I want a, an opportunity for you, our guests, to ask us a question. Oh, cool. So I, I, I don't feel like we see that a lot on podcasts. So it can be anything under the moon, John. Uh, it can be to Ryan. It can be to Ben. It can be to both. It can be to Mandate. Whatever you want it to be. Put yeah, you on the spot fun. a little bit. I didn't prep I like you it. for this. No, that's cool. Um, I would say I'd love to hear from, the, like, you're kind of the host, how you balance uh, prep for your podcast versus sort of off the cuff. 
Yeah. So like my, my wife, a former journalist, you know, who read things off of a teleprompter, who would dictate her whole story. She, on my podcast, she's like, I think it would be better if you prepared more. And I think she's probably right. But I also never wanted to like be like, here's my list of questions and we're going to, so I don't know how to make that a short answer, but yeah. I would be curious how you do that as a podcast. Good. Um, so we initiated, um, mandate was, was brought out in, we wanted to teach men how to have conversations. In those conversations, you don't ever bring your own questions, right? They just sure. unearth yeah. themselves. So we started out that way. But the people that we were bringing onto the podcast were people that we already knew very intimately. Ryan comes on board and Ryan brings a, an entire influence of people I don't know. Sure. So I start out, uh, when he first started, I start out by, okay, who, who we meet with? We meet with John. I don't know what John does. I don't know what John does. So I go and Google you and pick out some things that I think you probably haven't talked about before mm-hmm. um, and then build some kind of questions around that. Then what we found out through just trial and error is that's not enough. And so what we do now is we always sit down with a guest prior and have like an hour long coffee and talk about like, what are you going to talk about that one you haven't talked about before? No one else on mandate has talked about before. And that's not your responsibility to answer that question. That's my responsibility Hmm. to figure that out because I always want to put the guests in the best position as well. So I'll just keep mining. So then from there, I think that's my superpower, John. That was gonna, that was gonna be my next question since I have to ask you. Yes, right? What's yeah. your superpower? I think my superpower, I think I have um, very high emotional intelligence. Sure. Uh, I can p- put people in a position where they feel trusty. There's trust built up very, very quickly. And then for you to know like what Ryan and I, what we'll call it, we call it the bumpers, just like at a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be your bumpers. Like we're gonna make sure that you get a strike but understand the ball is probably going to hit the bumpers. And so I'm just going to ask questions really based off of your responses while also with the full knowledge that I'm protecting an audience. Uh, and I, I know hmm. generally what they want to hear about. So that's, that's kind good. of the process. What's your superpower? Um, probably just connecting with people. I think that's probably my superpower. And also, you know, my role in the bumper situation is yeah. I help people just feel calm and, at peace when we're doing yeah. these interviews. So, uh, and one thing too is like when we sit down, it's we do try to. It's it's a hard balance because we do really try to make it just be more of an organic conversation. Just happen to have microphones here, to where we actually had one guest that showed up. Nathan Castle showed up with a full outline, and we're like, oh, oh wow, and that was super helpful. So now, depending on the guest, we'll even ask them to put together an outline. So we're like, okay, what things are you going to hit, knowing that we're not going to get to all of them because, you know, we don't have a lot of as much time as we need sometimes. Well, and I think every interview, this type of style podcast, which mine is uh, also, um, the back half is always better than the first half. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, it totally. just, like, takes this, like, yeah. this kind of grit you have to get through, and then you kind of right. settle into it. And I don't know how to, like, accelerate that. Yeah. You guys are probably pretty good at that. You know, related to this topic, Rick would be a great guest. Um, agree. Totally agree. And I've had him on mine, uh, so I'll reference him. But you know, we were in Mission last week. And missions a, is a is complicated, and there's a lot of yeah. emotions. Yeah. And I don't know a better way to say it. Um, and so Rick has this incredible gift of vulnerability that also often comes through as um, through emotion, through yeah. through tears. And he probably doesn't like me sharing this because I know he gets he he's a little more um, embarrassed by that. And I know he's told me he wishes it wasn't that way. But I sit back and watch next last week, and I'm like, I don't know how to replicate. I'm not the first person to cry in any yeah. room. I can get emotional certainly when I watch 
loved ones be emotional. Like it's, I have the capacity, yeah. but it isn't my default. Um, and what happens when Rick shares these stories, and he's not trying to do this, it just is who he is. The room just kind of like, the chairs kind of scoot in a little tighter and, 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 and the, the room just kind of softens and it's just an incredible gift. And uh, I think I'm a pretty transparent leader, but yeah. I need to think about how to be a vulnerable leader because really what leadership South Dakota is just modeling a lot of that and showing we go, you know, with the six spots across the state, we just showcase you uh, lots of different leaders because guess what? There's a lot of different ways to do it. Yeah. You know, there is no one template. And so that's something I'm thinking about is how do you um, not push it? You can't fake it, but how do you authentically be vulnerable? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, John, uh, People are going to hear this. They're going to want to know how they can get a hold of you. Uh, they might have questions about Leadership South Dakota. They might have Web3, SaaS <laughs> sure. questions, sure. cryptocurrencies, NFTs. I mean, we covered quite a bit of ground here. So yeah. uh, where can people find you? Yeah, they can find me just johntmeyer.com. Uh, the reason why I use, we talked about names at the top. The reason why I use my middle initials, if you Google John Meyer, Google will say, did you mean John Mayer? And then show you all these, you know, clips. And I used to joke like, yeah, my body's a wonderland, but no. Uh, so that's the T, like SEO, right? Like just because of that. Um, so JohnTMeyer.com. Uh, I also, I'm on really quick on Twitter. I like to at John T. Meyer. You can hit me up there. Very so good. based on the name confusion thing that we talked about earlier, I told yeah. my wife as we're interviewing John Mayer today. So she's gonna be a little disappointed when we get home, but. That's, you know, I don't have that's any song. Okay. Maybe you could you could take it out as the outro music, maybe a little. Yep, bit. we'll we'll contact John Mayer's people. Make yeah, sure yeah. we don't get sued. Yep, we'll get him on. We'll, we'll put we'll put some vocals behind it. Sorry, Pam. John, we're so <laughs> thankful that you were here. We can't wait to put this podcast out. Um, it's just an honor to have you. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Appreciate it. Mandate does not exist without your continued support or the fact that you, KPP, keep pressing play. Another great episode of the Mandate Podcast is behind us, but here's something you can look forward to. Check out next week's podcast. Also, like and subscribe. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Find us on Instagram at MandatePod or send us an email, mandate.pod at gmail.com. Who knows? We might reference your email or call you out in episode. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash mandate pod. There's three easy ways to support monthly basis and all of the funds go right back into this podcast. KPP. Keep pressing play. See you next time on Mandate. <laughs>